0: Hello, welcome back to the Pallet Plug Podcast. This is our third episode here at Alliance Automation. I'm sitting here with Joe Doman, who is gonna tell you what he does here because (laughs) I'm gonna do a much better job at it than what
1: I'm capable of. But yeah, Joe, would you mind going into, what's your role here, what do you do? Certainly. Um, I've been with Alliance Automation for about two years. I'm a controls programmer, and I've been heavily focused on the urban sawmill which is the uh, larger volume uh, board sorting and cutting uh, machine that we have. Mm -hmm. And we just recently introduced the Badger, and uh, it's in development right now, doing some testing on it, trying to get all the bugs worked out of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's a smaller footprint, and I think that's one thing that uh, a lot of customers have been talking to us about. Uh, They just don't have the real estate. A lot of these guys apparently have come from, putting pallets in their truck and just delivering them to companies <laughs> that, you know, Yeah. trying to rebuild them. <laughs> yeah. And now they have these facilities where they've got a bunch of chop saws and uh, manual uh, dismantlers and that. And uh, they're trying to get a little bit of automation because the volume's getting really above what they can do with the uh, manual operations. Yeah. So, so this really gets the volume up there and it's a smaller footprint. The USL can go up to 40 bins, but that takes a couple hundred feet in their facility. So, gosh, wow, 40 bins is yeah, what it's capable of? Yeah, that's of? what it's all the way up to. Wow. Uh, don't know if we've actually got one out there with 40. I've seen one with 20, and <laughs> okay. I've seen, we've got one in the shop with 16 right now. So. Yeah, that one is crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. But, uh, you know, some of the customers, when they get a machine with only like 10 bins, they start saying, oh, well, wait a minute, we could have had a couple more to do a, a little bit more functionality. Um, one of the biggest things is, as it's filling up these bins, when they get full, they've got to stop the machine or they start putting boards in a different category or just reject rejecting them. Gotcha. And, uh, so if you have more bins, you could actually double up and you could have two of them that were, say, cutting 40 inch boards for you. Mm-hmm. Once the one's full, it just starts dropping into the second one. And then, you know, you don't have to actually have any lumber that gets cut down to a smaller size or anything like that.
0: Gotcha. So from beginning to end, run us through that that piece of machinery.
1: All right, well, you've already talked with Jeremy about the RDS. Correct. So a lot of customers will go to the RDS or have a manual um, dismantling saw to take the pallets apart. Okay. It's usually because, not that the part the pallets are defective or anything, but they need different sizes, okay. typically, is what I'm seeing anyway. Right. Um, so they'll uh, dismantle and have all these boards come into us, and in their manual operations, they're sitting there with a chop saw and cutting each individual board. Mm-hmm. Well, our machine... Uh, brings them into the machine, scans them with a profile scanner, uh, a camera of sorts, and measures the dimensions, all of them, with length and uh, thickness. Oh, and wow. then okay. they can set it up to uh, sort into as many categories as they have bins at the end of the machine. So it will bring the board in, scan it, and then make a determination based on what bins they've set up, how much to cut off of one side of the board or mm-hmm. both sides of the board, and uh, okay. put it into the bins. And then the camera also has some defect detection in that. So it'll determine if there's like a hole in there and you can specify how big that hole can be and still call it a good board. Really? Um, and the edges, if the edges don't look clean enough, you can actually say, okay, if there's, if it's missing 25% of the corner, let's call that a bad corner and let's cut it down to a smaller size. Gotcha. So it'll do that all automatic on the fly and the Badger's running it up to 70 boards per minute. So 70 boards per minute. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's the smaller Version too right right? yeah Yeah, the USL can go all the way up to ninety boards per minute wow and at ninety boards per minute you're not getting a hundred percent of the lugs filled with boards because you know your feed rate into the machine and everything so I think we're saying somewhere in the ninety percent we can a good operator can keep it full but you got to have a really good operator to keep (laughs) ahead of ninety lugs per minute (laughs) boards per minute (laughs) that's fair so the Badger smaller profile um, a lot of options in it because okay. a lot of customers were saying, well, this USL is such a big machine, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Are there smaller options where we don't know if we can really keep a USL busy, but if we had something running a little bit smaller footprint, a lot smaller, lower cost, smaller footprint, yeah, yeah, then it would be uh, more advantageous for them. So this has a lot of options to it. Um, on the USL, we have a drop deck and a unscrambler. And what that's trying to do is it kind of gets a surge capacity uh, to try to singulate boards a little bit more. Okay. So then the boards are coming up onto a platform where the operator has them all in single file and they just drop them into the machine. On the Badger, they can get that as an option, but it's an expensive option. So a lot of them are probably going to opt for not having that. Then they'll just have a conveyor come in and they'll be grabbing them off the conveyor into the machine. Okay. Got it takes it. a little bit more dexterity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the boards might be turned. Different ways and that like move really, yeah. Quickly. So they're going to be, <laughs> gotcha. and then if the boards pile up too much on the conveyor, then you yeah. get big bundles of boards coming in and you'll have to stop the machine and organize that. Gotcha. But I think what we're seeing so far with the development and the testing that we're doing is that if the boards are one to three high on the conveyor coming in, mm-hmm. that it becomes pretty manageable. In fact, if they're one high, it almost feeds itself. You just have to kind of straighten the boards as they go into the machine. So, um, not not really eliminating people you're still going to have like three people operating a machine a usl is probably about three people operating the machine yeah but being able to handle a lot more throughput and uh, get your accuracy and up and safety probably is the biggest thing
0: and that's what we keep coming back to right is everything here is mainly focused on that so what are some of the big safety factors of this machine versus like a normal chop
1: saw setup well the chop saw is basically just a set of um, chains that are pulling boards into a saw, a circular saw blade. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of guarding on it or anything. So, if you're reaching in at the last minute to try to grab a board, you're getting really close to blades. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the RDS. And when you were talking with Jeremy, yeah, they're pulling a board or pallets across a yeah. moving bandsaw. <laughs> yeah, and they're grabbing the pallet from the top of that bandsaw. So yeah. very dangerous, very close to the blade all the time. And we, this machine. You've got moving chains but the saws are quite a distance away from you they're guarded they're protected Um, there's a little bit of debris that comes out but it's not at high velocities and towards you because of the guarding and everything Mm -hmm. and uh, it makes it a lot safer for i think uh, the operators to run Um, and a lot less uh, fatigue you know when they're sitting there and they're bending over to grab boards and putting them into the machine and running them through and Constantly being concerned about blades too close to their hands, and that I think that would be a lot, it'd be stressful for me. Yeah, you're like mentally, I would not want to be going through that every day. Right, right. So I think this makes it a lot better. You're just straightening out boards going into the machine, and then we've put a lot of sensors in the machine because you're dealing with wood and it's not always straight. It's sometimes got big bends in it or cupping or whatever on the boards. (laughs) And that's going to cause a jam eventually. You're going to put a board in, it's going to have a nail in it, it's going to get caught on something in the machine. Our machine has sensors that will detect if a board happens to skew in the machine and stop it so that Mm. they can straighten out that board. Okay. And uh, the camera, if it notices the board's at too much of an angle, it'll stop it immediately. Wow. And the camera's also looking at overall thickness, width, and length of the board. And if it's beyond the capabilities of the machine, stops it immediately so you don't try to run that through and jam something up. Wow. And then with our experience of doing this for a few years now, we've also um, put in like shear pins in the mechanisms so that if something would happen to jam up, somebody lets a board go through that uh, got past the sensors or they, instead of pulling the board out when it told them to pull it out, Mm -hmm. "Ah, that one's probably going to make it. And it doesn't, Uh, the shear pins will break, which will, instead of bending a shaft that could take, you know, days of downtime, you've just got a little shear pin to change out. And we've added sensors on that mechanism and spring-loaded the tailstock on the sorter, the big sorter section of the machine. Okay. And if something jams up in there, it pulls off of some proximity switches, and will detect that and shut the system immediately down, so they can pull that jam out without breaking something. So you're saying in that like drop-down portion, right? Okay. Right. So, so like... you've got all those uh, uh, we call them duck bills that uh, diverted down into the individual bins. Yeah. And if a board should happen to get in there wrong, which the skew sensors will normally prevent that. Yeah. But you never know if an operator is going to say, oh, I didn't think I saw a skew and just acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Now you've got that board coming in. If it does jam up, the spring tension on the chains will allow it to slack just a little bit. And then the sensors will pick it up, stop the machine so they can not break anything. Wow. So So there is a lot of automation on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like, so there's really what are the what are the what is the human aspect of it? What do you need a person for to operate this machine?
1: Well, um, at the sorting section where we don't have a way to stack the boards neatly, so they're dropping out <laughs> and they pile up a little bit. Fair so you've got to have somebody there to straighten out all those boards. Okay to get a better fill in the bins. Uh, they don't want to have them you know, half full or anything. They're, they're probably storing them for a little while to build pallets. So uh, makes sense. you gotta have one guy over there straightening out boards. Okay. And uh, boards are dropping in all the time, so he's gotta be you know, watching what's going on. <laughs> yeah, probably time. wear it hard at. Right, not, <laughs> not get hit in the head and not get hit yeah. in the hands because boards can still have some nails in them and stuff that's at that point, point in time too. So good idea to have some gloves on there as well. So that guy's straightening out the boards in the bins. Then you have the main operator that's at the control console He's lining up the boards going into the machine. And if there's piles stopping the machine, uh, we put a couple of foot pedals down on the Badger. And the foot pedals can pause or completely stop the machine. Um, I'm sorry, slow down or pause the machine. Okay. Um, we have one for the infeed belt. So if the infeed belt, he sees a big pile coming up, he can pause that or slow it down. And then also we have one for the main machine. And then at the sorting bins, we also have a pull cord there where they can pause the machine if they have to take a bin out or if there's a, you know, hmm. a lot of boards that want to straighten out, they could pause it so they're not going to get hit in the head with boards <laughs> gotcha. and uh, straighten those all out. Okay, gotcha. Sections. So, so how, how does it work in the, like, how does it know where to put that board, right? Like, what, well, the laser profile is doing a measurement of the board. Okay. Um, it actually scans uh, hundreds of slices as, as the board goes through. Uh, it's timed up with an encoder, so the encoder is giving it pulses to make the snapshots as it goes through. Okay. and Then there's a flow chart system that actually is analyzing that image and determining what the thickness is, and the width, and the length of those boards. Okay, and Then based on the setup on the machine, they uh, can set up all the different lengths that they want, and categorize them by thicknesses too. So if they had some uh, three-inch boards that they wanted in a certain category, but also they wanted some wider boards, four or five inch boards. Mm-hmm. They can put those in separate bins because the camera can determine, you know, the difference between them. And then, but the primary reason is for length. You know, they want 40 right. inch boards to make the 40 inch pallets, 36s. And the Badger has quite a range of capability now too. The uh, USL could only go down to um, 28 inches. Okay. And now we're down to 20 inches that we can do on the uh, Badger. So they can get those smaller boards for making little teeny skids and that for different things. Nice.
0: And then is the maximum length of the Badger
1: less than the Urban Sawmill? Right. We we did a little study and uh, uh, got some feedback from our customers. And there's not a lot of call for boards that are longer than 52. So that's what we put the limit on the Badger. Okay. The USL can go all the way up to 62. Okay gotcha so if they do have a lot of those boards coming in usl would be the, the better choice but uh for the badger anything under 52 will work
0: so and that's 20. like the
1: size going in or you're saying it can cut right. it down to cut it down to 20 okay is the minimum right and that's an option so 28 is the standard badger machine and then they uh for a little bit extra money they put in an extra chain so it can keep the board stable hmm. and uh so it costs a little bit to do that, but then it can go all the way down to 20-inch boards, the okay. final cut. Gotcha. But the... And there's a lot of options there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's getting go complicated. Ahead. Go but, ahead. Um, so the Badger can have one saw or it can have two saws. And it can have one saw that's a 4-inch or two that are 4-inch, so your maximum 8-inch cut. And then you can also go to 10-inch cut on either side to a maximum of 20. So one 10-inch or two 10 inches for 20. So there's lots you're gonna, of you're gonna have to, <laughs> Yeah. You break that down for me again. What's the purpose of that then? Uh different customers might not want to cut their boards quite as much. They're really just looking for sorting. Yeah. They might just want to trim off bad edges or something. So okay. they might only go with a four inch single saw. Oh. Okay. They can only cut a maximum of four. It's only taking it off of one side. Okay. Then your customers might say, Well, sometimes I have defects on both sides or I want to trim up stringers which mm-hmm. have notches in them. Yes. Well, then you want to saw on both sides so you can cut off equal amounts and keep those notches in the right spot. Okay. And the machine will automatically sense where those notches are and keep those centered so it takes the even amount off of both sides of the board. Gotcha.
0: Okay, cool. Thank you for clarifying. And that was, that's another, let's transition into that then. You, a lot of times I'm thinking about it as like, oh, it's just for runners. You know, it's just for top or bottom boards, but no, it can do Stringers at the same time.
1: Wow. Okay. And it'll identify a notched versus an uh, unnotched board, a two-way or a four-way is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Two-way meaning that it doesn't have the cut cutouts in it. Right. And it can identify that, and it can even sort them in separate bins. So if you wanted all your notchless boards in one bin and notched in another, it can do that. Wow. And uh, we just had a customer talking to us about uh, wanting to make plugs. I guess if a stringer is broken on one side, they'll cut the stringer in the middle, and they'll want just the one half to add to another half to build back a pallet. Interesting, and, okay. Uh, we're uh, talking about different ways that we could do that. Of course, our maximum cuts, 10 inches. And in that situation, they wouldn't want want to cut both sides off. They just want to clear the one side out. Yeah. So they'd have to run it multiple passes, but we could run it like twice through and then get it down so that it's just that one right. section that uh, they could rebuild pallets with too. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm so. curious, like they're trying to have a piece that they can put a plug on, but they could
1: also potentially get a plug out of it, those things as well, right? Does right. So thing- if a stringer's damaged on one side, right, they would want to use that other half that they would call a plug. Then, and right, then they take two plugs to make you know a full stringer once again. Gotcha. Okay. Right. I think they put. Uh, have you seen those metal things that they uh, use for like making trusses for buildings? That they like just staples smash on. Right? It's almost like yeah, it's a metal plate with a bunch of. Uh, pieces stuck out that become like a staple and they yeah. staple it all together, I think they'll actually use that. They'll put it down and put one of those on both sides to make it into a full stringer. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So interesting. And again, it's kind of like what you guys do, right? Is you right. accommodate your customers right. and you build things for that. So yeah. was this one of those things where somebody came to you and was like, I need this
1: form of automation within it yeah. or- Actually, during the show yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. we we did a study and we uh, asked all of our customers, how many times do you have to make plugs? And they're like, well, it's really just less than 100. So we, we'll just do that on our normal chop saws. We don't need it in the urban sawmill or the badger in this mm-hmm. case. And uh, during the show, we had a couple of guys come to us and we'll buy this if you can do those plugs. <laughs> so <laughs> so we like, really want to do those. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> we had people tell us that that wasn't. Just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, they're saying that they might have sometimes two, three hundred in a day that they will oh, make into plugs. Okay. Because uh, a lot, uh, I guess, the robotic dismantler, when you have those notches in there, the blade can actually come up in there and mess up the stringer sometimes. I see. And so, if they're having a lot of that, they would want to make them into plugs so they could still reuse those boards just reclaim as much wood as they can.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it really is just continuing to push the recycling aspect of everything and right. reuse of everything too. Yes. So cool. We talked a lot about the good. What are maybe some of the negatives or the downsides or, you know, what could go wrong with this piece of machinery?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think the one of the biggest issues that I've seen is just the system will come up and say that there's a skew. And if you're running a lot of, Bad lumber, a lot of nails and everything you're going to get gotcha. a lot of skews okay, and the operator gets tired <laughs> you know so oh it's a skew I don't see anything acknowledge and then that board goes in and it jams up into the machine okay and then it takes a little bit longer because now you've got to go through and you know back that machine up to try to get the boards out where they've jammed up uh, right. typically jamming up the machine has been the number one problem that I've seen, and if they really follow the skew sensors and everything it It shouldn't happen there's one right before it goes into the sorter where it transitions from chains that are the boards are riding on Mm -hmm. to chains that are on top of the boards and that transition if that board gets skewed too much it's going to cause an interference issue and uh, really jam up so we've seen that a lot and when we first started doing the usl we didn't have protection for that so they would bend a shaft and then they're out Mm. for you know a week or something until we can get a new shaft out to them and installed into the machine okay um, really, the rest of it is just keeping the machine uh, lubricated and uh, the sensors clean because you've got a lot of sawdust coming up in the air. Makes sense. So we have uh, two sets of SKU sensors, which that's three photo eyes a piece, and then we've got a board detect and two fence uh, photo eyes. So the the fence photo eyes as the board is being moved on a set of rollers to get the end cut off. If it doesn't leave the fence with the board. at Touching it, we don't know exactly where we're going to cut, Hmm. so we would reject that board instead of putting it into a bin and be the wrong length. And those sensors are right next to the saw, okay? So they're in an area where there's a lot of dust, yeah. They're fairly decent sensors, they can look through a lot of dust, but they will get to a point where either they get you know a board does jam in that area, or a board piece of board gets broken off by the saw blade and hits it, (laughs) and they'll get out of alignment or something. (laughs) So that's Probably the, the most I've seen is people having problems. Hey, we're just, all the boards are going to the reject. All the boards are going to the reject. Well, and we keep getting this fail defense fence alarm. So we'll keep track if they get five fences in a row. We'll put up a separate alarm that says, hey, you're getting five fence failures in a row. Check out the sensor. Gotcha. And they'll just call us instead. <laughs> so, which is, is fine. We've got a service department that ins- answers those questions all day long. And yeah. They, They have any problems uh, they can get us the programmers involved as well to try to troubleshoot a machine we've got remote diagnostics into the machine which is pretty handy that is cool yeah so i can actually pull up trends on the machine and see exactly what's going on with it while they're running wow and then walk them through any sort of adjustments or changes that we might need as well
0: gotcha so you can like go right in as they're kind of operating and see like so, give me, an, what's an example of something that you've had to correct or help somebody out
1: with? Certainly. Um, the, uh, the fences. If they're having a lot of fence failures, yeah. sometimes it's the wood is just not transitioning all the way to the fence. Okay. And I've built trends in the PLC, which actually monitor the photo eyes and the position of that board as it's going through. Okay. And if that board doesn't make it or it bounces off the fence, I can tell them, hey, it's bouncing off. And the machine's running fast enough that a lot of times you can't see that unless you're slow motion video of the, the area or something Yeah. where we can see it in the trends. And, oh, yeah, the boards are bouncing and they're not getting back or something like that. And we can adjust the roller speeds, clean up the rollers. Sometimes the rollers get some sap on them or something mm. or or actually like some oil or something that could cause them to not want to justify the boards correctly. But Interesting. But walk them through fixing that kind of stuff. And then uh, skew areas, if the boards are skewing a little bit too much, we can open and make a wider area where the boards are supposed to be so that they're not getting boards that have like a splinter sticking out that block a photo eye when it's not supposed to or something like that. Gotcha. Make the areas a little bit bigger for them if they're having a lot of problems with it. Hmm. It depends a lot on the lumber they have, right? If they're having a lot of lumber that's weird right? that we didn't account for when we were originally designing, then we'll have to open up those limits a little bit for them so that they can run without having as many faults. Well, and it's
0: like, it's recycled lumber, right? Like it's normally, (laughs) like, and these aren't meant for new lumber. It's all really meant to like take something that's been dismantled
1: and then repurpose it, reshape it, resize it, right? Yeah, there are some companies out there that do take, uh, um, I don't remember the term that they use, but there's a uh, term that they use for boards that can't be used for building houses and that. And I don't I, remember what it's called. I feel like called.
0: I know what it is. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, you should
1: know. Yeah, like you can't they call it, of it, it like, a top. can't or a don't or something oh, weird like okay. that. okay, gotcha. And, uh... Those boards, uh, some of the companies that we've dealt with, they'll bring those in and use those to build pallets out of. And they're real nice lumber. Um, hmm. It's just not the right sizes for building houses, I guess. Gotcha. It
0: or like not perfectly straight or, yeah, something, or something like, like that. that. Gotcha. Yeah. So then they run that through the machine to resize it and
1: everything? Or? Yep, to resize okay. it and then build it in. Into- Gotcha. Absolutely.
0: So what what about like with nails and things like that? Like, does the does the machine stop?
1: Does it suggest that you like can it pick up on that stuff? Um, it the you'll see them in the uh, images. So every board that goes through the system, we actually take a snapshot off of it and we store it on the hard drive for an image, so you can come back mm-hmm. and uh, see if there the system's having a hard time with certain types of boards or whatever. It can detect the nails. We don't really do anything with the nails. The blades are carbide tip blades and they're designed to cut through the nails. Oh wow, okay. If you have a lot of nails right in the place where we're gonna be cutting, it becomes difficult for the saw to <laughs> yeah. get through it. So you can get a jam up from that, okay. uh, just having a lot of nails right where we need to cut. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's designed to cut through them and you'll hear it every once in a while on the machine. You'll hear a higher pitched squeal <laughs> as it's going through. that's uh, chopping a nail right in half. <laughs> yeah. So I'll nice. take them out.
0: So if somebody was interested in this product, you know, like what are maybe some of the the key selling points that you would tell them? Like how can it benefit their business, right?
1: Yeah. Um, it really comes to the point when their volume exceeds what they can do with their manual machines. Okay. So if they're having a hard time keeping up with orders and that, this thing can process a lot of wood. So uh, they... Um, once they get to that point where they're just not able to keep up with orders and everything, and they got to get more wood cycled through. And a lot of these companies are selling that wood to other companies that are building pallets out of them instead of them building them. So there's other revenue streams, I guess they can take advantage of too. If they have a USL or a badger and they can produce all this wood, they can sell bunks of wood to companies that just build pallets that don't want to deal with the, uh, recycled lumber processing they just want to have it to build their pallets out of
0: that's a good point so somebody could who would like somebody could just make their business out of selling the reclaimed lumber
1: yeah you absolutely. know
0: like they don't have to necessarily be building pallets back out of these and right. so it just makes that whole process so much faster and so much more efficient yeah and safer yeah. Right? oh yeah a lot safer <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole thing yeah. wow so all right um man i'm trying to think now like because i mean it's a you watch it and you see it in action and it's like such a cool process of okay. seeing everything go through go down the conveyor it drops down and everything yeah. i'm trying to think like where do you think that there's improvements that could
1: be made down the line you know like what what do you think's next for it maybe yeah certainly we're we're constantly looking at the machines uh every machine that comes through our shop goes through a uh, factory acceptance test so we'll run a bunch of lumber through we'll do a gauge r&r on the on the machine which is verifying that the camera accurately measures different types of boards that are different lengths uh, accurately. And during that process, if we have issues trying to uh, meet our standards, what we think the machine should be capable of doing, we'll go through and look at modifications that we can make on it. Uh, The original USLs had rubber rollers, and that seemed like it was a great idea for the longest time. And then we had a customer that was running 40,000 boards in a day. And his rollers were wearing out within a few months. Really? It's like, oh, this isn't going to cut it. Yeah. So we got a set of uh, rollers on the Badger that is steel with like sprayed steel on the surface. Okay. So it almost feels like sandpaper. And, uh, Interesting. We, yeah. We tested it out. It seems like the friction is good enough to justify the boards correctly. Yeah. And it's probably going to last a lot longer than, than a rubber type uh, wheel on that. So that's one of the improvements we made. And then as we're running the machine, anytime we have problems... Uh, We've been having a little bit of an issue with really long cuts. So, you're taking a board that's 40 inches and we want to cut it down to a 20 inch board. Okay. Well, now you're taking 10 inches off of each side. Yeah. You have to hold that board as it's going through. And we have a set of skids that try to do that. But when the board is moving that far and then going into the saw, there's some stability issues. So, we're looking at different ways to hold that board a little bit better as it's going through that transition. Okay. Um, but we also have to accommodate all these different boards in the machine. We can run stringers that have the little notches in them that cause it to justify funny sometimes. Right. And we've got to have something that can slide across those notches and not get stuck in them, but also hold that board into the lugs as it's going through so that it's cut properly without, you know, making an angled cut or anything like that. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, so we're constantly looking at trying to uh, improve, get a little bit better. And then we're reaching out to customers that already have these. Hey, we've improved this a little bit this is something that we've enhanced. Are you guys interested in it? And then, you know, get into that discussion with them that we can uh, modify machines that they've been using that they may have had these problems with and just dealt with, and now we have solutions for them.
0: Nice. And do you think that most of the time it's one of those, like, you can add to it, or is it, like, kind of have to disassemble to reassemble? Certainly. Like,
1: obviously, you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you but know some I'm trying of the, to say. <laughs> Right. Some of the things we've come across are just enhancements on the software side. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, like, recently, we had a customer that was asking about, uh, we want a recipe for the machine. And basically, you tell it what board in each bin that you want to normally cut, mm-hmm. and that's for a certain type of customer that they're looking for, for reselling. Okay. And then the next day, they have a bunch of different lumber coming in that they might want to get different sizes out of. So now we've added a recipe system in there where they can save the machine setup up to 10 of them and four different types of customers or different sizes that they might want to do, Hmm. which kind of alleviates the fact of having to have so many bins. Yeah. You had so many bins, you could just set it up for every customer and only the bins for them you would pull out of it. But now you could have a smaller machine with a recipe system and just stop change the recipe to the other recipe and you're ready to run for another customer. Interesting. So, So. and you're saying
0: that's like, you know, somebody wants to have 36, 40, 42, and I don't know. thirty, And all the different size
1: stringers and all that kind of stuff in that setup. Okay. Yeah, so they could change it quickly instead of having to go through and uh, the normal setup, they set a specification for each one of the boards. And we've gone from 50 boards to now a hundred boards in the system because we've had a few customers that said, would be nice to have a few more that way we don't have to reuse and set the settings a little bit different in something we already have saved in memory yeah uh, so we've expanded that out to 100 boards and now with that 100 boards with the 10 recipes they really have quick setup they're not sitting there working on the machine for a half hour or so adjusting specs and stuff for a customer and then having to do that next time they come back to that customer yeah
0: yeah so it's not it's like uh it's like the saved seat setting within your car. Right, right. right. You just get the press I button. like it coming in and have the
1: mirrors and everything there. They're <laughs> yeah. ready to go. Then the wife gets in and it switches to all her settings. <laughs> yeah. Much better. Gotcha. So that's the whole concept behind that. Right. And right. like you said, that was all software based. That was right. something you guys could do right from here. Yeah, we can do that remotely. We can connect up to the PLC and add that functionality to a system that's already out in the field. Gotcha. If a customer, you know, would like to have that. So software updates we can do, Um, and then as we've found issues, the first few uh, urban sawmills that we sent out didn't have the uh, spring-type tailstock on them, and we found out if they're having any sort of jams that that saves you from bending shafts, so that's something that we've uh, brought out and actually installed for a couple of customers where they were having problems with uh, jam-ups in the machine. And uh, added that tailstock to it. Now that's a lot of work there because you're changing out the the whole section of that machine. Yeah, and then you're adding sensors to monitor it to know if we need to shut down. So it's got a little software and a, a little bit of mechanical that would have to be upgraded on it. But yeah, that's all available as upgrades down the road to uh, to customers. Excellent.
0: Wow. Cool. I'm looking at how much time we got. All right. Cool. Um... I feel like I'm out of questions. Is there anything that maybe you want to plug in for people or, you know, just a general sum up of if somebody's interested in this product or curious might have questions, what do you
1: think it would be? Certainly. We've got an excellent sales team here and uh, they can get in contact with them anytime and they'll walk them through all the options. And then if they do want to get into the weeds a little bit more, if they Mm want to get into the details of actually how to set it up and everything. Yeah. Um, they can contact our service department and they can walk them through the entire machine. And if they want to come out to our facility, we've almost always got a machine sitting in the in the shop that we're ready to test. And we can walk them through that entire machine setup and see if it meets their needs before they even make a purchase. Awesome. So all that, uh, I think, is real good for customers uh, that are, I don't know if I have the volume. I don't know how difficult it's going to maintain. We can go all through all those options and everything with them and, uh, and see if it's a good fit for them. Wow. That is,
0: that is great. I really think that was super helpful. Cause you know, it's like, it covers all of the, like, you're not just trying to push the product, right? You're really yeah. trying to make sure that somebody can ask the questions that they have and that concerns, hesitations. It's not, they're not trying to just push it on them. You're really right. just saying like, Hey, look, like come think about it, take a look at it, yeah. run through the options that are here It'll for you. So yeah, that was helpful. I okay. appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> cool. Anything else to add Joe, you think? Uh, I think that covers everything. I should have cool. actually prepared a list. that we hey, go through. Everything, I wing but. a lot of things, so it's
1: fine with me, you know? Yeah, but yeah, and you think you're good?
0: Yeah. Can I people find
1: you on LinkedIn or where are you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, we've got a pretty, we're expanding the Alliance uh, uh, website and everything to include maintenance videos on the uh, machines. And oh, awesome. Too. Which that's going to be pretty handy for people. They don't even have to give us a call. They can just pull up YouTube and hey, look at this. We saw Joe doing this on a machine. Yeah, this is how you set it up. This is how you change a blade. This is how you uh, you know board set up. We're trying to get everything in there so they can review that if they want to and have all that information. We've got a really detailed manual on the on the system that's uh, fairly well prepared, excellent, easy to follow through, but. A lot of people, hey, if I can watch somebody do it on a video, it's much better.
0: That is yeah, the way it goes these days. I feel like, you know, I have so much how often I am working on my car and I just have my phone watching video of what (laughs) I need to be doing. Like, it's very helpful. So I'm sure that will be very beneficial to a lot of people. So awesome. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks for tuning into the Power Plug podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to write them in the comments. Joe is going to be available. Well, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can reach out to Alliance directly if you have any questions. Um, Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.